Welcome to Schools on the Front Lines, a new podcast brought to you by EdSource and the Ball Frost Group. I'm your host, Carl Cohn. I've worked in education for 50 years as a teacher, counselor, and district superintendent, as well as a state board of education member and the head of a new state educational agency. And I can say without a doubt that amidst a pandemic and a national movement for racial justice, that schools are facing the greatest challenges of my lifetime. But where there's a challenge, there's also opportunity. In each episode of Schools on the Front Lines, I'll talk with leading superintendents and others from around the state about these crises and how they hope to overcome them. Schools must reopen, but how, when, and in what form? In this, our second episode, I'm speaking with Superintendent Nancy Alvaron of the San Jose Unified School District. San Jose Unified is Silicon Valley's largest and most diverse school system with an impressive high school graduation rate of 92%. Welcome, Nancy. Hello, Carl. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. When San Jose Unified transitioned in mid-March to online or closed down schools, what are the biggest challenges that you faced as the leader of that school system since then? School closures wasn't something that we were anticipating as most districts in our county had stayed open through other recent emergencies, such as the air quality challenges that came up due to the fires. We had a period of long power outages. So we were fairly confident we were gonna stay open. As a county, we had general agreements that we would remain open unless public health indicated otherwise. But as the situation was getting more serious. Out of an abundance of caution, we had an emergency special session board meeting on March 12th. And in that special session, we had delegation of authority to provide some basic need assurances to our employees and for management to be able to make decisions. So I would say initially that was a big challenge is how do you prepare for something that you don't think is gonna happen? Interestingly enough, the next day, March 13th, public health closed the schools for two weeks. And our initial response then was what we call the oxygen mask analogy. We needed employees to first take care of their basic needs for the first few days while we were able to assess the situation and make sure that when the teachers were stabilized at home and had taken care of their personal needs, we're ready to be there for our students. So I would say that that abrupt transition to overnight distance learning was probably the biggest challenge, but we thought it was for a short period of time. So we focused first on the basic needs, which were meal programs. By that Tuesday, which was the second day of the closure, we had meal program in place for all of our students. And we have a a large segment of our students that are high needs and come from low-income households. And then we also had distance learning up and running by that third day. And when I say distance learning, it was recorded video sessions and resources for families to access while we determined what were some of the next steps. So I would say just that abrupt move to an online environment overnight was something that we did not think was going to happen and it happened. So that was incredibly challenging and then managing the expectations around that. 
What are your current plans for reopening and how do they address the unique needs of your community? So San Jose Unified is a very diverse district. We have the northern part of the district that is high poverty, a large number of English learners, the central part, which has more socioeconomic and ethnic diversity, and then the south, which has a large amount of wealth. Balancing the needs and requirements of a a different group of parents and, and stakeholders, I think in this particular situation, we have no perfect solution for a very complex problem. I think first and foremost, we always look to the guidance from the public health department, and we have a a fantastic team in place in Santa Clara County. And so following their guidance and the guidance that just recently came out from the education code, our plan, working collaboratively with our stakeholder groups and labor, has been to get students back to the greatest extent possible. And so we will be offering a level of in-person instruction, obviously, that is aligned to the health order requirements in Santa Clara County, because we really want to have our students have access to caring adults that bring a level of normalcy to their lives. We know that they need us and we want to be there for our community, but we also need to do it in a way that's safe, again, aligned to the public health order requirements, while allowing families the flexibility that they need for their students. Some of them have medically fragile students. Some of them have personal circumstances at home that require for them to be at home. And so we are going to allow for that by live streaming the instruction that will be taking place in the classroom, which then allows us to seamlessly move from one environment to the other. If we are in person and there is a situation where public health closes the school or the classroom, then we can move to distance learning at home and it not be as disruptive as it was in the spring. There's been a lot of criticism in the last 48 hours with regard to reopening plans, arguing that some make it really difficult for working families. Would you argue that your plan will be well received by working families? I think that with any plan, a school district faces the same challenge, the balancing of needs and requirements of students, of working parents, and of employees. And sometimes those needs and requirements come into conflict. You have employee groups that want assurances around their safety, which is, I think, absolutely something that every employer should strive for. I also think that families have different needs, particularly those that do essential service work. And then you have other families that have more flexibility because they already in their regular job work from home. So I think the more diverse your community is, the differing the needs are. And so being able to find a model that will lead to high levels of satisfaction is almost impossible, in my opinion. And so I think trying to look at it from a point of what's best for students, and in this case, we have indication from groups such as the American Pediatrics Association that has said students need to be in school. I think being able to speak to the rationale for the decisions that you make. And in in our case, we're looking at what public health has indicated is safe to do. 
and understanding what our students need. And many of the medical professionals indicate that students need to be in school. And so I would say that our plan allows for students to have that in-person instruction and families to make the decisions that they need based on the option of being in distance learning if they choose to do so. And then live streaming that lesson means that they get the same lesson that the students have that are in the classroom. I'm talking with Superintendent Nancy Alberon of San Jose Unified School District. In addition to the health pandemic, there's also this issue of the unrest unfolding in the country. What have you heard from the San Jose community with regard to that phenomenon? And how does that fit with your plans for reopening? Our community, our Board of Education, all of the staff, we are outraged and heartbroken about the killing of George Floyd and so many other individuals. However, I think this situation has created an opportunity for us in leadership positions to hear from students, from staff, and from parents who have shared their personal stories of pain that they have experienced in our system as a result of very explicit racism. I think the pandemic has highlighted the gross inequities in our society and made it clear how much work still needs to be done to create better opportunities. So I think in San Jose Unified, we absolutely recognize that there's a lot of work to be done. We have an equity policy, for example, we're one of the few districts that have an equity policy and have had one since 2010. So this policy codifies resources and opportunities to be allocated based on need. But operationalizing that, cha- that policy can be challenging. And so I think this situation that's currently taking place has, one, allowed us the opportunity to pass a Black Lives Matter resolution where we have publicly stated solidarity with the movement. And we're simultaneously in that policy committing to a set of actions in order to express our solidarity. It's not just a policy that indicates, you know, that solidarity, but it really comes with a set of actions that we hope to prioritize, fund, and operationalize. And those actions include more restorative justice practices, implicit bias training, an expansion of our ethnic studies curriculum, and then providing a space for discussions on race and injustice. And I'm really happy that we already have a team of educators that are working um, side by side with some of our management employees to develop plans that need to be ready for the fall because we know this is also top of mind for our students. And so we can't wait till later in the year to begin to address these issues that are happening in the country. And we need to be prepared to have opportunities for dialogue with students right out the gate. What about issues of campus security, school policing, contacts with law enforcement? To what extent are you either reviewing or taking a look at that? So we have a memorandum of understanding with the San Jose Police Department. And uh, several years ago, we worked in collaboration with our police department and our county office of education and our district attorney to be able to write an MOU that really clarified the roles and responsibilities of law enforcement on our campuses and then the role of administrators. And I believe that in so many places, that lack of clarity between the roles and responsibilities has created a lot of the distrust that people have in school police. 
I think as a result of that MOU, we have been moving toward having clarity of expectations to make sure that, you know, our communities are aware that officers were on campus for safety reasons, not necessarily safety on the campus to protect students from each other, but of other factors that were coming into the community, you know, school shootings. There was, there's been a lot of fear around things like that. But I think this movement has created an opportunity for the board to have a public discussion again about the role of school police in our schools. And the board will be having that discussion at their board meeting in August. And so we're already pulling the data because we'd like to share that with the public around citations and then also sharing with the public what is embedded in that MOU so that when the board makes that decision that we are clear around the data, what are the roles and responsibilities, and that the community has an opportunity to come in and express their thoughts and share them with the board. Your school district has a reputation as a large urban that has had positive labor relations going back a couple decades. To what extent has that helped you in terms of communicating with your labor partners, classroom teachers, other employees? In San Jose Unified, we have a long history of working collaboratively with labor, but that wasn't always the case. We in the 80s were the district that you did not want to work in. We went bankrupt. We had to roll back salaries. We had multiple strikes. We had superintendents that were charged with felonies. It was not a good place to work. And there are still individuals that work in San Jose Unified that remember what happens when you do not do right by your employees. And so we, since the 90s, under the the visionary leadership of Dr. Linda Murray, we have been working in partnership with our unions. And so today, I'm really happy to report that we know the value of our employees. They're 80% of our resources. And so we have to work in tandem to make sure that they have the best working conditions so that students have optimal learning conditions. And that doesn't always mean that we always agree on every issue or how to solve every problem that we face, but there is a very genuine and authentic commitment to partnership and to collaborating and to staying in conversation despite how tough those conversations can sometimes get. And so I think during this time, those relationships and that commitment to collaboration has been critical in continuing to move forward. And I, I, I do have to say that particularly now, the job of labor is to advocate for the working conditions of employees. And I think balancing that with management's role of looking at the needs of students, of families, and of employees really sometimes puts us in a place where it becomes challenging. That doesn't mean that our labor groups don't value or think about the needs of our students and families, but it just means that it can sometimes create some conflict. But I I do have to say that if I had to face this situation anywhere else, it would be difficult. I think it's really, really challenging But I see that what is incredible about this challenge is that ability to collaborate with our labor leaders, who I know are mission and vision aligned with what we're trying to do as an organization. Nancy, what would you want legislators, state policymakers, including the governor, to know about the challenges that you're facing right now this summer as you plan to reopen? What I'd like legislators and electeds to know is that a highly coordinated system and approach 
so we can get ahead of this pandemic is really needed. Federal, state, and local leaders need to be clear on the expectations and the path forward. Having over a thousand districts and charter schools, having to do this work is a heavy lift. For example, if you close the schools and open the economy, the virus still spreads. If you close the economy and open the schools, the virus will still spread. So there needs to be tight coordination, collaboration, and a true commitment to containing the spread of the virus. And I think so many times the needs of the economy getting started or the satisfaction levels that politicians need isn't always the best approach. I think we need to think about the collective rather than the individual in this case, if we're going to beat this virus. And so as public servants in San Jose Unified, we're going to do what is asked of us. But I just ask that there be really tight collaboration, coordination, so that these orders that we get make complete sense and we can operationalize them in a way that makes sense for our our staff and our families. Speaking of federal, state, and local working together, don't know if you've heard the news today, but the U.S. Secretary of Education suggested that all school systems across the country need to reopen five days a week everywhere. Do you have any reaction that you want to share on that? I think that the federal government obviously has a role to play in this, but I think that We need to continue to take guidance from our local health officials to make sure that we are reopening in our areas in the safest manner possible. I will leave it up to um, the politicians to debate whose role it is, but I, I do believe it's the states that are overseeing public education across the country. Finally, how has this experience changed you as a leader? I think effective leadership during a crisis requires demonstrating a tremendous amount of compassion and decisiveness and clarity of expectations and flexibility and resilience. And, you know, I understand that, but I think trying to do that on a consistent basis can always be a challenge because I'm an individual that likes to think through every option, research things completely. But I've learned that managing when the future is unclear doesn't have to be paralyzing that we're not powerless in the face of uncertainty, that reframing a challenge can help us cope with it. And I I continue to say that I'd rather face this emergency here together in San Jose Unified because of the amazing team. We have the labor groups, our parents, our board of education. We all want the same thing. We wanna see our students. We wanna return to a level of normalcy for them, whatever that might look like. But I think working as a team and rowing in the same direction, no matter how strong the current, will ensure that we navigate this emergency as successfully as possible. Nancy, thank you so much for being with us today and good luck as you face the fall in San Jose Unified. Thank you, Carl. Have a good one. That was Nancy Alberon, superintendent of the San Jose Unified School District. Santa Clara County families are fortunate to have leaders like her navigating these uncertain times for schools. This has been Schools on the Front Lines, brought to you by EdSource and the Ball Frost Group. Our producer is Kobe McDonald. Our opening theme is by Utah. 
Please subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Carl Cohn. Talk to you next week.